hear all these snapshots and stories and testimonies from around the community. You know, for some of you coming in, if you haven't been at Vine Life very long, if you're a guest with us here today, you're hearing some pretty wild stories, you know. Uh, and, and sometimes, you know, you hear those things, you're talking about anointing oil and prophecy and going to malls and praying for people. And you, you know, you're thinking, man, that's, that's a little nuts. That's a little wild, you know. Like, that's, that's, that's kind of, you know, it's kind of weird sometimes, right? But here's one thing you see in all these stories. From even from the kids learning to pray for each other and to be filled with the knowledge that they don't have a miniature-sized Godhead inside of them, that they've been rescued into the fullness of Jesus and the fullness of the Holy Spirit and the love of the Father, right? They're being equipped in power and boldness. The students in the youth ministry, what we're trying to do, like just like Will said, we're bringing them, inviting them into experiences to create, not just for one-time events, not just to hype some things up, but to create a lifestyle that they are made for power and boldness. And what we're doing in house churches, we're making it natural. We want an environment here where for all of us, the lifestyle we've been invited into is one of power and boldness. Do you guys know that you were made for a life of power and a life of boldness to display the goodness of God? And, you know, when we read in the scripture, this is very natural to us. Sometimes it's not a, a common thing. To, to us, it's not a normal thing in our lives when we think about this. The early church, though, when Jesus said, listen, I, I have to go because I need to send to you the Holy Spirit because he's going to do some things that I'm not going to do while I'm with you. He's going he's to lead you into all truth. He's going to comfort you. He's going to empower you. And the early church, as we read in Acts very early on, they were known for not a whole lot of things, but one thing they were known for was power and boldness. All right? So if you have your Bibles, turn to Acts 4. We're going to look at this real quick. This is important we get this, all right? We have to be serious in the church, in our families, even for you parents, uh, even for thus, those of us who steward workplace environments. You have employees around you. You have coworkers around you. We have an invitation, and I would say a responsibility to steward power and boldness. And so here's what we read, Acts 4.13. Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated common men, they were astonished. And they recognized that they had been with Jesus. But seeing the man who was healed standing beside them, they had nothing to say in opposition. Isn't that always relieving when the fruit of your life and the power of your life speaks for itself? I love this passage because it talks about the apostles going out, power and boldness. And then after this, it ends with like, we can, they couldn't do anything. They, they saw a man get healed. There's no more opposition at that point in time, but they still had to throw him in jail because they just were confused. They didn't know what to do. So we see that, that, uh, that Peter and John here, they're healing people. They're, they're walking in power and boldness. They get thrown in jail. And just a little bit later in chapter four, they get, they get let out of jail somehow. And uh, you, you know how that goes in, in Acts. They get let out of jail and they go back to report to the other believers what's going on. And so we skip down to verse 29. And so they get out of jail and they go back to find their friends. And the first thing they started talking to the friends is, hey guys, we need to be praying for more power and boldness, all right? 
We need to get together, we need to huddle around, or we need to start praying for, it's probably the header in your Bible, if you look in your Bible right there, something like the believers pray for more boldness, okay? Which is wild. So here's, what, here's how they pray in Acts 4.29. And now, Lord, look upon their threats and grant to your servants to continue to speak your word with all boldness. While you stretch out your hand to heal and signs and wonders are performed through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. And when they had prayed, the, pro- the place in which they were gathered together was shaken. And they were, all, they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and continued to speak the word of God with all boldness. Isn't it a wild idea that it was boldness that got them thrown in jail? And they get out of jail and their first instinct is to go pray for more boldness. It's like, listen guys, I don't think you have a boldness problem, all right? It's like, it's like Pastor Walt coming up and saying, hey, guys, I just really feel like I need the Father's heart, you know, for the community. I feel like, I just, I just want you to pray that I understand sonship a little bit. It's like, I'm pretty sure you got that part nailed in your journey, right? Like, you're, you're doing well. The believers come back and say, guys, we've been out, but this is what this is all about. We need to get together, and we need to lay hands on each other. We need to pray for more power and more boldness in this moment. Come on, how many of us gather with believers and pray for more power and more boldness? The reason this is so important for us here this morning is is because statistically, the longer that you are a part of a church, the longer that you are a Christian, the less bold and powerful you get. And that needs to change. We have the reverse effect that happens. In fact, that happens statistically. I think Barna says this, that after being a Christian for five years, you lose almost all your influence with all your non-Christian friends, with people of any other faith or belief system or any, any, anybody outside of the church. But come on, when the Lord, when Jesus sent us out, when he said, go away and the power of the Holy Spirit is going to come rest upon you, you will be empowered in the Spirit. He did not design us to go sit back and to shrink back. He designed us to grow from glory to glory, that not only would we display the power of God, but we would create environments that pull each other into power and boldness. Come on, think about your family. Think about, think about the ministries that you're a part of here at the church. Do people naturally get more emboldened when they're around you? I, I, I love that the apostles here, this is the only thing they were known for. They were known for, it even says here in, 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 in chapter 4, verse 13, it says, listen, it says people around them knew that they were uneducated in common. Now, there's other words we can use for uneducated in common, all right? There's others not as nice words we could use there. But one thing everybody knew without a doubt, these men, there's something different about these men. And one thing, one prayer I have for my life right now, and one prayer we need to pray for each of us, for our kids, for our families, for our ministries, is, God, I don't want to be the smartest. I don't want to be known for being the most clever. I want to be known for your power. I want people to be able to look at my life and say, that Luke, you know, he's, he's not the brightest bulb in the tanning bed. He's a couple cards short of a full deck, but when I look into his eyes, there's something inside of him. When he speaks, it's not, just, it's not just the way he strings words together. There's something underneath. There's a substance. There's an essence that's coming. There's a foundation. There's a fire in the middle. What is this? I don't know much about him, but I do know this. I know his life is marked with power and with boldness. We have a responsibility to not just reserve power and boldness for the crazies, but to enter into ourselves. Power and boldness is the normal Christian life. That is normal. That's what we were invited into. Anything less is actually abnormal and weird. 
And we have to keep this conversation alive. And this is why I love what Paul says to Timothy. And it's in a family context. Because we know that Apostle Paul, as he is making his way on his missionary journeys, he, he begins to disciple and raise up this young man, Timothy. And he starts referring to him as his child and his son. That's all he sees when he writes to him. He just, his heart longs to be with his son, Timothy. And we read this in, in 2 Timothy. It's a second letter to Timothy. This is right before, probably a year before Paul would be martyred. Timothy is that probably actually growing in his years. This is probably A.D. 67, 68. And Timothy's pastoring his own church. And have you even heard numbers? I mean, there's probably thousands upon thousands of people that Timothy was leading himself. And Paul is in his second time in, in a Roman prison. And he wants to write to his, his child in the faith, his son in the faith. And this is what he says to him in 2 Timothy 1. Verse, verse 1, we'll start in verse 1 if we have this on the screen. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the will of God, according to the promise of life that is in Christ Jesus. To Timothy, my beloved child, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. Can't you just hear that generational thing happening? There's something inside of Paul that says, man, everything in me I want to give to you. I am committed to you. Anything the Lord has brought me into, I want to give to you. And he continues, he says, I thank God whom I serve, as did my ancestors, with the clear conscience, as I remember you constantly in my prayers night and day. As I remember your tears, I long to see you, that I may be filled with joy. I'm reminded of your sincere faith, a faith that dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and now I am sure dwells in you as well. Don't you love that there? He can even trace back kind of like a spiritual legacy. So you see that faith in you, Timothy? That's exactly what your mom had. And your grandma had the same thing. Come on, don't you wish that? Don't you pray that? You need to pray that for your families, for your kids. That I can look at my sons and say, listen, that there, that's inside of your old man. And it was inside of my parents, right? Inside of their parents. We are creating a multi-generational context. And Paul is saying, listen, that has been passed down to you. Now you steward it well. In verse 6, it says, For this reason I remind you to fan and to flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. So something happened as Paul laid his hands on Timothy. There is something that happens that you can, you can give as a gift away, as you can deposit. We deposit into each other. We deposit into our kids and the people we pray for. There's something about the laying on of hands where something is imparted in that way. It says, he says, fan into flame this gift that was, that was deposited in you through the laying on of my hands. For Timothy, God gave us a spirit, not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. He didn't give you fear. The other kind of translation of that is timidity and cowardice. And this is kind of like parting words almost. This is the last we get in Paul and Timothy's conversation. And he's saying, Timothy, let me tell you something. Do not give in to this silly idea that you've been given a spirit of timidity and cowardice and fear but you have been given a different spirit. And that's a spirit of power. And it's a spirit of love and self-control. Self-control also means soundness of mind. See, Timothy, you've got to trade one for the other. You're going to either 
live in a spirit of fear or you can choose to live in a spirit of power. And they will not be friends with each other. They will not run. You cannot have one foot in each camp. But what you've been given through Christ Jesus is a spirit of power. And some of you know that the word power in Greek is the word dunamis, right? Any of us that have been uh, schooled and charismatic, this charismatic we know that word power is the word dunamis, which is where we get fun words like dynamite and dynamic. A little Fourth of July throw out. That you've been given a spirit that is as powerful as dynamite. And so when the Lord empowers us, this is what it means to be empowered by God. It means to be empowered, to have power put inside us. The God empowers us for several things. He empowers us for a godly life, it says in Second Peter 1.3. He empowers us to be bold witnesses. He empowers us for a life of signs and wonders. He empowers us to heal the sick and cast out demons. He empowers us to excel in all things, that we just be excellent in anything we do. That in your labor, that you, you're empowered to be really good at what you do. If you bank, be really good at banking. If you, if you, if you make wooden chairs, I mean, if you, if you are an administrative assistant, you are empowered to excel at those things. You're empowered to overcome fear. And those are just, just a, a short list of what we're empowered for. But I think what we just need to be reminded of here today is when we live a powerful life, we, we naturally empower others. When we choose to live a powerful life, when we let God train us and equip us and raise us up and catch a vision for a powerful life, that life naturally empowers others. You heard it, you heard it through every one of these testimonies. People that are learning, like, listen, I can go down on the street and, and manicure a woman's... I have, I, I have enough in me that I can go and present myself and give myself away, and somehow through that exchange, that person's going to walk away feeling more powerful and emboldened. Come on, don't you have people in your life when you're just struggling, when you just had a horrible day, or you're just maybe a little anxious or antsy or fearful? You have those people that you can call. So, I mean, I, I'm just grateful. I have people I can call when I just need to talk through things. And don't you love that there's certain people that you can talk to and they just refuse to ent- enter into your anxiety with you? I mean, they'll talk to you and they'll be compassionate, but they just become a suction for like, for all of those things. Like you're talking to them, like, and you were just really worried, you know, and then after done talking to them, you're like, you're just, you're, you're like excited that you lost your job now, right? You're, you're like, man, I, I was really worried when I called you, but now like I have this whole new vision for life and I have all these possibilities. It is possible through your power and through your boldness to actually be able to walk into a room and extract the fear out of the room. And this is the life we were made for. That where you walk, that in the environments you create, that with your kids, with your spouse, with the things we do, when you live a powerful life, you have the ability to walk into a room and kind of be a vacuum for all anxiety, a vacuum for all fear, a vacuum for all weakness, and you're able to deposit that, and, and they are able to walk away feeling more strengthened and encouraged and emboldened and full of hope and full of faith and full of power. This is what you've been invited into. And this is the life God is calling us to create for each other, to stir each other up to love and good works. That's what we're doing. One of my friends, I walked into his house this week, and this is what he did in his home. He didn't know I took this picture. 
but he had written this down. He heard this, he heard this phrase a while back, I think maybe from our friend Jonathan Helser. So he just wrote it on a big chalkboard and put it in his, in his uh, kitchen. I am a fearless child, and you are a very happy father. Can you imagine cultivating an environment in your home where the first thought every day is, I'm going to wake up today, and if I have any foundation, it's this. I today am a fearless child, and you, God, are a very happy father. Doesn't that just make you feel powerful? <laughs> to know that the smile of God will never be taken from him. He will never be talked out of his joy. He will never be convinced otherwise. You're created for power. You're created to know it as naturally as the way you breathe. This is the life we've been given. Let's stand together. We need to get out of here. And let's do this, just as the believers gather together. The ones who had boldness nailed down, I mean, they had this pretty locked and loaded. They still join hands anyways. They still lock themselves in a room and said, God, we're not going to leave until something happens and something ignites and something comes alive inside of me because I'm not going to live just a, just a casual life, God. I'm going to live with every ounce of power that you have made possible through your Holy Spirit. Let's join hands, if you would, across the room. And I want you to begin to pray for the person on your right and your left. Whether they want... <laughs> I apologize if you don't want more boldness. I'm not sure who that would be, but maybe you're not ready for that. But you know what? You can use boldness in some area of your life, and you know what that is. There's certain decisions that you need to face. There's certain things that you're going through, and you need some boldness. That's okay. Just, just receive the prayer. It's okay. Sorry if that makes you uncomfortable. We're going for it anyways, all right? Begin to pray for the person around you. We're going to pray for the power of the Holy Spirit to rest upon us with all boldness in this place. Come on, lift your voice. Jesus, we thank you today that your cross and your resurrection has given us access to all the realities of your kingdom, Lord God. I thank you that we don't have to live as orphans. We don't have to live like we're apart from or or separated from who you are, Lord Jesus. But you've given us a dunamis power, Lord God. And I thank you that you've given us the power to make important decisions. You've given us the power to overcome fear. You've given us the power for a godly life. You've given us the power to be bold witnesses outside of this place. And we pray for a holy boldness to infuse into our bones and into our veins this morning that we are not those who shrink back. We have not been given a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of self-control. In the name of Jesus, we pray today. Everybody said, amen. 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 Almost.